What's going on, everyone? My name is Cameron Harner. Welcome to the Principles of Fitness podcast, where we acknowledge some of the hidden authorities in the fitness industry. My guest today is a physical therapist with over 30 years of experience. He is a graduate from a Northwestern University and has provided therapy to the U.S. Olympic team, various professional athletes, high achievers, and the general public. Today, we explore what it takes for a cohesive relationship to exist between physical therapists and personal trainers in hopes of establishing a network that benefits both parties as well as their clients slash patients. So please welcome to the show my guest, Dan Kinney. Why do you think it's difficult for personal trainers and physical therapists to kind of like get along? You know, it seems like the network is a little, it's not as open as it should be. Personal trainers are afraid to send their, send their clients to physical therapists and physical therapists are afraid to release somebody over to the hands of a personal trainer. Why do you think there's an issue there? Um, well, it's uh, many fold. I mean, it, number one, um, what is the what is the background and training? What's your relationship with you know? Everything is built on trust. Mm-hmm. So if if I just say well, well you're going to go to a personal trainer, I immediately go well. What do they know? What are they going to do? What are what's their approach to this? So I can't immediately say hey that's awesome that you're going to a personal trainer because. You know, now it's I'm I'm kind of giving my stamp of approval. So if something goes wrong, litigiously they can come back to me. Mm-hmm. So so now all of a sudden we have this litigious society. So I'm going. I have to protect my ass, even though I don't have anything to do with it. There's going to be an attorney that's going to follow the chain, and if they know that I have uh, malpractice insurance that's better than the personal trainers, they're going to go up the ladder right yeah so all of a sudden now you you have to be very cautious because you don't want to you know after 38 years you get sued and you're like on oh shit and then it gets on your your mark and then people are you broke all all the things that you've been working towards all of a sudden you get that that pimple on your face and it changes the whole thing. So, so part of it is that. Part of it is everyone's a little different. And what I've gone through is going to be different than what uh, the next person has gone through. And no one takes the time to get to know a personal trainer or a physical therapist. That's why I hire them. I need to have people that have seen how I work and what I'm looking for, but also building a relationship with them that I would be able to go, there you go, they're yours. So it would just be advantageous for a trainer to establish a better relationship with you. Course. Yeah. Would you allow them to come in and observe Treatments well, um, is that even okay? Is that allowed? It is by me. It's not okay where where I work. Okay. So what about in other um, facilities? Is that something that sure. is allowed? It, sure. It's okay. Sure. I, when I had core physical therapy, I always had students in there. Okay. And your patients were fine with it. Patients are fine. I just go up to my patient. Is it okay if uh, Cam uh, observes what we're doing today? I. 
never had, uh, I had one person say no. And it was just her insecurity on, and she always wanted privacy and that sort of thing. So you have to respect that. So how would you feel if trainers started establishing that relationship with you, started coming in? Well, that's, that's what feeds us, right? Yeah. So I need to be fed. So I don't know everything, and I, my perspective, you know, it's like life has many different slices, and I'm good at this slice, but right next door is another slice and another view. So you, I'm constantly studying different people. So I watch what Mike Boyle's doing, I watch what Mike Pincus is doing, and I watch what you're doing, and I learn from that. And it, I'm like, oh, well, that's cool, or I don't agree with that type of thing. And, you know, the cool thing is, like, with Mike, I can go to Mike, and Mike and I share a patient or a client, and I went and watched them work together. Okay. And I saw what they were doing. I go, can I make a suggestion? Can I change the way you're doing this? And then the the cool thing working with Mike, you know, I can say, well, why are you doing that? I'm not questioning that he's doing something wrong. I'm just questioning, well, what's your purpose for doing that? So that's the cool thing about having... Mike Pink is in my life. Mike, I met, he just walked into core physical therapy in 2002 and said, hey, I'm Mike and I've studied with Gary Gray and Gary Gray says that you're uh, studying with him as well and, and can we hook up and I go, common ground. So now all of a sudden we have a common denominator so I can talk to him about movement in all three planes and Mike understands what I'm talking about so I don't have to puke on him explaining what that is and he understands subtalar joint and, and internal rotation and rotations and frontal plane movement versus sagittal plane movement and why would I want to work all three planes of motion rather than just being in a sagittal plane. Because our bodies operate in all three planes of motion. Yeah, exactly. But, he, but he's already had the master teach him. Yeah. So I was just the student, so I didn't have to do anything with Mike. It was just like, cool. You get it. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> right? Is that something that you would do? Would you do it more often? Would you come and observe um, a trainer, client working together? If there was something, if the trainer felt that there was something that he couldn't exactly touch on, would sure. you come and observe? Sure. I mean, we have that kind of relationship. I mean, for me, I know there's a few clients that I have where I think it'd be helpful because I don't, I don't, I can't quite pin what's going on with them. Mm -hmm. I would love to know, like, mm -hmm. what am I, what could I do further to mm -hmm. get them out of either this pain cycle mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. just get them into a new, a better state mm -hmm. in their, mm -hmm. in their being. Yeah, for me, like working at Sports Club LA was the bomb. Yeah. I had so many different people and when I came into Sports Club LA therapy was in a different entrance mm -hmm. and it was a small maybe 3,000 square feet and there's a, 
100,000 square foot palace right the next door down. And the personal trainers and the physical therapists, there was a division. And I go, wow, why? And I'm going, do you have a post rehab program in place? What does the, the club offer a patient being discharged to join sports club? Yeah. I'm going, she whiz. And what's the view of the doctor community to sports club? Well, they were impressed, but they didn't know about the physical therapy. So I, uh, sports club bought our Calabasas business out and we were absorbed into sports club, but we became the manager of the physical therapy. So I went into sports club and I'm going, okay, let's have a meeting, trainers. Who wants to work with my patients after they're discharged? Everybody's hand better go up. They didn't. What? They did not. I was talking to myself. There were a, f there were a few. There was uh, one guy that was a physical therapist that stopped being a physical therapist, was a personal trainer, and there were probably three or four other people out of that whole thing. Wow. Yeah. So I go, wow, this is even bigger problem than I thought. So um, I then go, okay, here's what I'm going to do now. And I went to the owners and I go, I want to set up a free injury assessment in the lobby of your fitness center twice a month. And I'm going to do it during prime time, I'm going to have tables there and I'm going to have people just come up to me and say, what's going on? Tell me about your injury. Tell me what you've been doing. And I would go, hmm, have you ever thought of getting a personal trainer? And they're going, no, I'm just working out. And I go, well, it seems to me that based off of what, you're, what I'm seeing and what you're telling me, I think it would be wise for you to get a personal trainer. So I'm feeding the personal trainers now. And they're Big going, time. Yeah, yeah, so they're going, cool. And then I'm going, hmm, now I think you need to go to a doctor. So I would go to the doctors out in the community. I go, would you be open to me uh, referring people to you? And I told them what I was doing. And I had this one doctor that, would send us, before I came there, 10 patients a year. And he was a Beverly Hills doctor. And I started now feeding doctors. So now I'm feeding them. And I go, oh, by the way, uh, here's a pass, a day pass. Why don't you come there? And oh, by the way, we have a nice restaurant. Why don't you meet me there for dinner or lunch or whatever? And, oh, by the way, here's a pass to the spa. So now all of a sudden that doctor that sent me or sent uh, sports med 10 patients in less than a year or the next year, he sent me 110 people. Whoa. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. So I was on to something. And I go, wow. And, and then I went back to the personal trainers and go, 
you know what? I'm getting a lot more people that are uh, going to be post rehab. I need more personal trainers. Who who's willing to go through the uh, the post rehab training so we make sure we're on the same page and we're really created this united front. And then I was part of management, so we did these retreats, and they would always send us away to the desert. And so I got to know the upper management personal trainers and there I was still partaking of certain fluids that would make me say things without filter <laughs> <laughs> and I would say well, I, I think your personal trainers are missing the ball because there's so much that we could be doing together that was just and then all of a sudden it's just like we started doing events together. We started going out to the community. We started doing this, and we're going, well, you own Spectrum Club, too. Why can't we go to Spectrum Club as well as the sports clubs? Why does it have to be just in L.A.? Yeah. Why can't we make this a united front? Because the management, the owners, this is what they want, and they want to have expansion, and they want to go into Boston, and they want to go into Miami, and they want to go into uh, all across the America, and they want to be a half-a-billion-dollar fitness center. Wouldn't that be cool to be a part of that? Absolutely. Yeah, and why can't we have a system where we just, every one facility that opens up, the stamp is the same. Physical therapy, personal trainer, spa, boom, boom, boom. The size is 100,000 square foot. Spectrums are 50,000 square foot. Stamp. Everywhere we go. So then that's what started to happen there. But it's hard work, and it took me getting hit in the gut from personal traders going, really? You don't want to work with us? Because there was such a division that, like, the, I had to go in and clean house with the personal the physical therapist. They had this arrogant, my shit doesn't, excuse me, doesn't uh, stink. Yeah. And I go, well, that doesn't work. Are they threatened? Are the personal trainers threatened? Are the physical therapists threatened? I, d- I didn't never paid any attention to it. They were all just in their world. They didn't have the vision of how can we work together. And that's what goes on in society is we all just do our little thing and we pay attention to our little thing. But we, if we would look this way or this way we would see other things but we're just oh I need to make a living I need to be here for whatever and that that smallness is what happens it's not that they're better than it's just that their focus is on this and our society um, is controlled by big whatever so in my world Insurance companies way know more than me about physical therapy than I do. I get to spend 40 minutes now with a person. So I don't have time to talk. I don't have time to do whatever. And it's just like, okay, I have 40 minutes. How can I do this in the shortest period of time? And what, what can I instill in this person? And can I, I'm not going to be able to pump and praise. I'm not going to certainly be able to coach. I'm not going to be able to talk about nutrition. So I just have to talk real fast and you can go, okay, here you go. It's all about the bottom line. It's all about, it's about get, money. getting people out of pain. And uh, to me, getting uh, I don't treat pain. 
So don't tell me about your pain. You can sh tell me where your pain is, but I'm going to go talk to the body. Going, you know, the the story that I always like to tell is I'm going. You know, a shoulder patient comes to me and they're hunched over like this, and I go, imagine if I grab my shirt and I pull on my shirt like that and I try to lift my arm up. I can only go up that high and I can create an impingement in my oh. shoulder going, okay, so if you go to the doctor, he's going to go, hey, you have impingement syndrome, I'm going to do an injection. And I'm going, well, he's treating the reaction. The symptom. Yeah. Not the symptom. He's, he's not treating the problem. The problem is his fascia is pulling him down and his anterior line on to his left hip can't even take him up here. Yeah. So as soon as I let go of my shirt, then I go, hey, look at my shoulder. It moves. <laughs> oh, I don't even have pain. I don't need the injection. Thank you very much for showing me that I was stuck here and the soft tissue wasn't willing to release. So it was holding my ribs in a flexed position and my scapula now was in protraction. Yeah. And I go, okay, so you're making the humerus do the whole thing all by itself. So the humerus becomes that non-union, no bennies, working seven days a week, and finally the, the supraspinatus says, you know what? I'm tired of being pinched. I'm going to create some sort of minor tear there because it's always rubbing over the acromion process. Yeah. And I attach into the greater tubercle, so there now two bones are rubbing against rubbing each other. Against each other. Yeah. And then when I release that, and and all of a sudden their shoulder goes past ninety, and I go, "Wow, you did that in one session. Isn't that cool?" I go, "It's a miracle," and then I act like it's, you know, I go crazy on it. <laughs> So to kind of uh, wrap this up, Dan, what do you think is the solution for the trainers and the uh, physical therapists? How can we mend this relationship and look at the bigger picture? Well, I think with what you and Ryan were doing, you know, and having the talks, that was a good start. And um, I've always thought of how can I do something bigger and how... Like I'm looking at, can I do something on uh, Facebook or can I do something on my website where I'm starting to do teaching and just exposing people to free thought. And uh, then if they're interested, it's like, okay, so can we take it to a next level? Can we take it to a next level? Can we take it to a next level? And, and just like when I was at sports club, I found four or five people that said, yeah, I want to be a part of this. Yeah. And then they saw, the other trainers saw, huh, they're busier and something's happening to so then other trainers. It opened doors and that's how you have to start. Is you start where everyone is and you know, free seems to be where everyone's at and some people will be judgmental and some people will be uh, being critical or whatever but you'll find four people that will say huh and that's all you have to start you just you start small and and you know imagine being Gary Gray you know Gary is older than me and he started having this thought of movement in all three planes and when I graduated from college it was so myopic it was like 
that were, they were teaching us, is the tear coming from the insertion? Is it coming from underneath the chromium process? Is it actually coming from the muscle belly? So it's very myopic. Oh, you have a, a tightness in your upper trapezius and you could feel the trigger point. Do your ultrasound right there. Or do your soft tissue right there. And um, he had a different thought. And he certainly couldn't share it with the doctors because the doctors, Carolyn and Joe, was teaching us to do this for a rotator cuff when the guy was going to go out and throw 98 miles an hour doing that. Yeah. And I'm going, well, how does it carry over to there? But the doctor was dictating what we did. It was always hot pack ultrasound massage in these stupid ass exercises. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so Gary got around it, and I um, couldn't come out and tell doctors what I was doing, but I didn't do hot pack ultrasound and electric stim, and I didn't do these exercises. Yeah. So I had to stay undercover, though, because I would get busted but I needed the patient to get better, so I was in a moral dilemma. Do I follow the doctor, even though he doesn't know anything about rehab, and he's just following what Carolyn and Joe was doing, and whatever. So, with what Gary Grayson over at the Gray Institute, would you mm -hmm. recommend other fitness professionals to check out the information at the Gray Institute? Check out them all. I mean, Gray Cook is doing some amazing things, too. And yeah. Gary, the Gray Institute is doing some amazing things. So You don't see these things as a threat to the industry of physical therapy at all? No. Because I had a conversation with the therapist before, and he said that he wants to protect the industry of physical therapy from all these other kind of like corrective exercise platforms. I don't have that attitude. I, I want helping people to help others whether you're a massage therapist, a personal trainer, a physical therapist, a chiropractor, there's people out there that are in pain. So when people come to you, you your responsibility is to recognize they've come to you. Yeah. But your also responsibility is how do I grow and how do I get better, but I also need to make sure I'm not becoming a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a doctor, but I need to have my tools so I have a better understanding. So when I look at this body that's in front of me, I go, huh, they're in anterior frontal plane line restriction. So if I'm going to have them do a raise here, I'm probably going to create an impingement in the shoulder if that's the exercise I choose to do. So how could, how could it be that I could prevent them from creating an injury? And how could I, or if they're having a, a little twinge, how can I help them so it doesn't turn into a surgery? Everyone doesn't need to come to me. Everyone doesn't need to go to you. Everyone doesn't. So we're here to help people. As long as we pull our ego out of it and we just go, okay, I'm a physical therapist. Bam. I don't play doctor. If I see someone, I go, hey, I think you need to go see the doctor. I had a patient that came in. I thought she had a labral tear. I go, I think you need to see a surgeon, unfortunately. 
here's Carlos Guanchi. He's uh, amazing at labral tears of the hip. He does it through the arthroscope. Bam, I saw her. She came back to me. She was going, she had surgery. Saw her today. She was so thankful. I didn't try to do anything with the labrum. So as soon as you recognize where your limits are, and sometimes I'm going, as a physical therapist, go, I can't help you. Like I had a guy, I'm going, I think you need to go to a rehab institute. This is way bigger than me. Set the ego aside it, and just work together. Yeah, it's the person that's in front of you that's important. It's not anything about me. They're just the you're the first contact person. And if you have wisdom and you go, huh, this is a physical therapy patient, you go, oh, I, I have physical therapists that I know. Boom. Or I work with doctors, so you, I think you need to go see a doctor. Or I'm absolutely the right personal trainer, and I'm very excited about working with you because here's what we're going to do. That's great. Well, Dan, I think this is a pretty good spot to end on. Cool. And I appreciate you coming out and uh, meeting with me today. Where can uh, people find you? <laughs> um, good question. Um, <laughs> I'm right now at Seven Oaks Physical Therapy. Um, and they certainly can reach up to me on the phone. I also have kinneywellness.center, so that's one of my web pages, but that's going to be changing, so I've broadening my, or getting more focused in what I was going to do. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at at this point in time. Awesome. Well, Dan, thank you so much. I All right. I appreciate it. My pleasure. So that wraps up episode two, everyone. If you're a personal trainer and you want to grow your business, then go and establish a relationship with your local physical therapist. Ask them if they will allow you to observe some of their treatments. Remember, be a student first. Humble yourself before them in their house. The more they get to know you, the more they will trust your abilities as a professional, and they will feel better about sending clients your way. Thank you for listening to today's episode, everyone, and stay tuned in for next week's episode of The Principles of Fitness.